So you are light. I want you guys to get that. If you are in Christ Jesus, you've put your faith in him, you've been born again, you are light. Now, the value of light is illumination. That's what it's all about, right? That is the value of light. It's to illuminate. So last time we looked at being salt of the earth. This morning we're going to look at being light, the light of the world. You are the light of the world, verse 14 of chapter 5. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works or your good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. And don't we want to make our dad glad? (laughs) We do. We want him to be blessed and to be glorified. I read this out of the NIV version. Okay, I like that a little bit better in this passage. Um, but the reality of being lights, okay, this is something that is very unique in the scriptures. Um, during the Reformation, we had the, the Protestants, their cry was post timbaras lux, or after darkness, light. Okay, um, so it was really to signal or to celebrate the release of the gospel of grace. That's what they were so excited about. Hey, it's Jesus. We're saved by him. It is by grace through faith, okay, that we're, we're saved. So no longer would they labor in the gloom of a performance-based uh, salvation. And we see that still happening today. And God has set us free from that. We can't be saved by that. And most people, most people live in it. If you share the gospel, you know what I'm talking about. Because you talk about the afterlife, eternal things, going to heaven or to hell. How are you going to get there? Nobody wants to go down there. (laughs) We all want to be in heaven for all time, for eternity. Well, I'm a good person. That is the biggest response that you will get if you are sharing the gospel. I'm good. I'm better than my neighbor. I'm doing it better than my parents did. I've done a few things wrong, but I've done mostly good. No one's saved that way, guys. You see, there's no more anxious hopes that merit would cure or they had shown some self-forgetfulness, okay? And now we have this new creation of being in Christ Jesus. And I want you guys to catch here that Jesus was not speaking words of some you know, philosophical intelligentsia you know, gathered on Mars Hill like Paul did. Neither was he addressing the Sanhedrin on the Sermon on the Mount, okay, there in Jerusalem. Um, nor the Senate that was in Rome, though they would have surely considered themselves the light of the world. You see, he, he preached a sermon on the Mount to who? Ordinary folks. You know, I, I feel like this is for us, guys. Okay? We don't have to be anything special. 
Okay? We can be normal, regular people that God loves, and he is willing to speak these beautiful truths to us. So they were gathered there on the shore of Galilee. They were undistinguished in intellect, power, and wealth. They were, however, distinguished in the way that really counts. And what was that, guys? Think about why these people would be special. What is unique about them? Well, they were enthralled by who? Jesus. That's why they were there. And do you think that's what God wants? More than the smartest, the strongest? Because what do they say? Oh, we got it. We don't need you, right? No, these people were enthralled by Jesus. And Jesus didn't wait to give them a title that they had three years of teaching, but <laughs> um, or until they had all this time with him. Uh, from the very beginning of the ministry, he called these guys, hey, you follow me, you're, you're going to be my disciples. So when it speaks in this passage of the us and them, okay, there's a distinguish, it's distinguishing between the believers and unbelievers. And I want you guys to note that the group is better or more important, or not better or more important than that group or this group, okay? What Jesus is saying here, hey, I am different. That's the point he's trying to make for us Okay, than that group. But Jesus was saying, he's saying here, you know, I'm different. Thus, you guys, my people, you should be different. That's the point he's getting to. Do you guys get that? You're to be different. You're to be distinct. Um, you guys consider all the way back to right in the beginning of the scriptures, what was the problem? There was darkness, Right? There was darkness um, in the second verse of uh, Genesis 1-2. And what was the solution in the next verse? Let there be light. Think about this with me, guys. There's darkness. Solution, light. And he tells us here in verse 14, you are the light of the world. So you is emphatic here. So the Bible always seems to give us identity before behavior. Catch that as you study. You are. So a light bulb has power running to it. It doesn't try to shine. It just shines, right? That's all it does. Light is an electromagnetic radiation within certain portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. So by light, we are usually referring to visible light. Isn't that what we always think about? Just the visible light, which is visible to the human eye and is responsible for really the sense of sight, being able to see. Visible light is usually defined as having these wavelengths in this range between the infrared, okay? So the longer, if you've studied this, the longer ones, uh, waves, uh, red, and then you have the ultraviolet, which are much shorter waves, um, and their wavelengths are blue. So as we consider what is being spoken of here, Okay, the word that Jesus used for light is phos. This is where we get our word photo or photograph from. So Jesus is saying, you are my image, my photo, my exposure of me to the world. You guys get what he's saying here? This is who you are, my child. Saint, Christian, follower of me. 
So photography, a picture made in which an image is focused onto light-sensitive material and then made visible uh, in a permanent uh, by either chemical treatment or we all have our new digital phones. Um, but anyways, the point is, guys, light is described as a form of energy, energy and is always moving. Do you guys understand that? Light is always moving. So when light energy ceases to move because it has been absorbed by matter, it is no longer light. Does that make sense? No longer light. So lights of the world, we should always be moving. Does that make sense? We should be on the move. So what a compliment and what a distinctive title which the Lord appropriates really to himself. I'm the light of the world. Do you guys believe that God is on the move today? Yeah. Don't you want to be on the move with him? Absolutely. Okay? We're not just to sit in our house. <laughs> Let your light shine, he tells us. We should be up to what God's up to. Okay? And again, it isn't works-based. We got to do, 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 do. No. I want to be with you, Dad. Okay? Do you guys understand that? What you're up to, I want to be with you. That's just something we want. I mean, I love it. You know, I love having a good time with my kids, hanging out, enjoying life. And I also love when there's something that, hey, needs to get done. Dad's going to do it. And right now, I normally end up doing most of the work. <laughs> but it's fun having them. Hey, I just want to hang out with you, Dad. I want to help. What can I do? What's my part? Well, it's kind of a big project. I'm going to do all this. Why don't you just do this part of it? Do you guys ever feel that's what the Father's asking us to do? You know? He's at work. Hey, Dad, what are you doing? Can I help? I think that pleases our Heavenly Father. You know? And we might come with feeble hands. I can't do much. I don't even understand what you're doing. You know, this is too big for me to get. <laughs> but I know that's what you're doing, and I want to be a part of it. So, be light. Be on the move. Let's turn to the Gospel of John together, chapter 8. As you guys have studied the Gospel of John with us, you know there are seven I am statements that Jesus made. We find one of them here in John chapter 8 in regards to him of being the light of the world. Look at verse 12 with me. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I don't know how many people I've heard share their testimony when they came to faith in Christ, how the lights came on. <laughs> I could finally see I was blind. But man, illumination, I finally see. I finally get the big picture. He really is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is my Savior. They get it. And he is the light of the world. That's why we're pointing people to him. Do you guys understand that? He is the light. It's not something that we can do. It's not some religion. It's him. Jump over to chapter 9, verse 5. He says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Okay? He's that light. So if people are looking, has God promised that he will reveal himself to anyone who seeks him? If you seek me, you shall find me. Okay? It doesn't take much. 
any person that is really, truly seeking the Lord. Not seeking to find a debate to do away with, but truly humbly seeking the truth. Is this legit? Are you real? A couple Thursdays ago, I got to go up to the high school and share why the Bible's true. These young kids were just blown away. I've never heard this. And a lot of them were Christian kids. You guys know that we can know the truth? God's not trying to hide anything. All you need to do is be reasonable. Be real. He is there. He loves us. And if he really did what he said he was going to do and then did it and proved it, what? What am I going to do with that? Am I going to continue to fight <laughs> when that truth has been illuminated? When that light has come? Or are we going to keep fighting it? Well, let's jump back to the first chapter in John real quick. We'll look at a couple of verses here. Look at verse 4. In him, speaking of Jesus, was life. And the life was what? The light of men. Look at verse 9. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Okay? Every man that comes into the world. That light is there. Now jump to chapter 3. We all know John 3.16. Just a few verses after it, okay, we see Jesus came into the world. <laughs> he so loved the world. He laid down his life. That whoever believes, you guys understand that? Wasn't that a great message last week? You guys understand, God wants all people to be saved. Whoever believes shall not perish. I love it. And then here in verse 19, this is the condemnation. Okay? It's not that God hates people. The condemnation is we reject him. We reject his love. We reject his sacrifice. Look at verse 19. This is the condemnation. He has come. Light has come into the world. And men, here it is, they loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Why aren't people getting saved? Well, if I come to a Savior, if I give my allegiance to the rightful king, to my creator, if I start doing what I'm created for, that means I can't do what I want to do any longer. That means I need to be in the light as he is in the light. I can't be in darkness and say that I'm in the light. That just can't work. And people know that, guys. And the bummer is they don't know how good it is to be in the light. There is joy. There is life forevermore. We are full. We are forgiven. We are made new. There's nothing better. And yet people, nope, I still want to do my thing. So the title that seemed to be uh, unsuitable even in the highest of all the prophets. Look at verse 8. Back to chapter 1 real quick. Look at verse 8. Um, we know John the Baptist, okay? Greatest man who ever lived according to Jesus. He was not that light, we're told in verse 8. John wasn't. But he was sent to bear witness of what? That light of Jesus. Okay, even the greatest among us. It's not about you. Do you understand that? We're here for one reason, to bear witness to Jesus. That's what we're called to, saint. 
That's it. That's what I want to encourage you guys to do as your pastor this morning. Be light. Be salt and light. That's who you are. It's sad. They throw out statistics all the time how many Christians never share their faith with anybody. They never lead anyone to Christ. That's what we're called to do. That's it. Why are you here? Why do you got kids? Why are you married? Why has God given us another day? None of us were guaranteed today. Yesterday, me and my family were praying like crazy. My eight-year-old or eight-month-old nephew fell down, buckled right through his skull, rushed to the emergency room. Praise God he didn't die. Just went through the skull, didn't puncture into the membrane. It could have, just a little bit more, and that could have been it. Like, none of us are guaranteed another day. Do you guys know that? Why are we here? We're here to share our faith. And yet we are striving for everything else. See, it must be applied here by our Lord to his disciples only as they shine with the light upon the world. Okay? So nor are Christians anywhere else so called. So as if to avoid, say, August title, uh, which the master has appropriated for himself. So Christians are said to shine, not as lights, false, okay? Are, are, as our translators have rendered this for you and I, but as fosters, okay, or luminaries. Does that make sense? Okay, we get to do this, share in the world. Uh, flip to Philippians chapter 2. You guys can be praying uh, this next week with our youth group. I would encourage you guys, if you are of youth group age, uh, get plugged in. We're going to be starting the book of Philippians, and we're going to flip out together. A whole lot of the joy of the Lord in that book, but that's what we're going to do this summer with the Rise Youth Group. Um, in one of the passages that uh, I love, we find here in chapter 2 of Philippians, look at verse 15 with me. That you may become blameless. So this is speaking about believers, Christians. That you become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. Do you guys know that when you come to God, salvation by grace, his grace keeps sanctifying us. We should be growing. If you look at your walk and you say, hey, you know, I am just as mature in Christ as I was a year ago, that should be like warning sign, flags, okay? We should be growing all the time. And it is. I love that we have seasons in life where if we plateau, we can see that. Like, what's going on? What's changed? What did I stop doing? Why don't I hunger and thirst for the Lord like I do? Why am I not sharing like I used to? Well, something's gotten in the way. You see, God wants us to be in this place of continual growth. Because as we're growing, we're in this world, and it says here, this crooked and perverse generation. And it really, for pause, I believe we're living in the last days, and we know that apostasy is going to grow worse. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Okay? So when I read something like this, it's just like, whoa, this generation is bad, and it's just going to get worse. But what does he say to us as believers, even though we live in a crooked, and maybe it is getting darker than it has before, but what happens when light shines in a place that is dark? Er, 
Woohoo! You're going to shine brighter, right? That's just the way it is. But he says here, among whom you shine, speaking as Christians, you shine as lights in the world. Isn't that cool? You're shining in this world, saints. And John the Baptist is said to have been burning and shining, not light as our translation, but a lamp as in his day. In John chapter 5, verse 35, speaking about John, he said, He was the burning and the shining lamp. And you were willing for a time to rejoice in that light. And then Jesus said, he was the light of the world. And now he says, we are. Do you see where Jesus is going with this? We are the light of the world. And it is nothing for us to boast in because it's not our light, right? We can't boast in it. Look at how great my light is. No, it's his light shining through us. And it's really cool. You guys got your Bibles open? Go to the last chapter in the Bible. Because even when all is said and done, even still, his light is given when we're going to be in heaven with him for all time. Check out Revelation chapter 22, verse 5. This is the last mention here of light in the scriptures. And what does it say? We're not going to have a need. We're not going to need a lamp or a light or the sun. Isn't that cool? Think about that. We're not going to need it. Why? For the Lord God gives them light. Who's going to be the light in heaven? It's Jesus, guys. Isn't that stinking cool? He's going to be the light. He's going to illuminate everything. He's going to make heaven beautiful for us. And he's going to be the most beautiful thing. Pretty cool, huh? So Jesus, are you guys getting what he's getting at? Jesus is the sun. We're the moon. Here's an illustration. Okay, you guys understand? Sun, moon, we only reflect light. Isn't that what we see at night? Oh, it's a full moon. Look at that. It's so cool. Why is it cool? Because of the sun. Yeah, if the sun wasn't there, that moon wouldn't look cool to us. We probably wouldn't even see it. It's all because of the sun. All we do is reflect the light. See that lunar eclipse. So what casts darkness upon the moon? Why do we get a half moon, a quarter moon? Why? Because the earth is getting between the moon and the sun, correct? So it is when we let the world get between us and Jesus, we lose our brightness. Does that make sense? Yeah? You guys getting that? My younger brothers and sisters, you getting that? When we get the world, get into the world, okay, it's going to dim that light. So, as we go on, Jesus tells us, don't hide your light, okay? He says that the last part of verse 14 back in Matthew 5, into verse 15, don't hide your light. Don't do it. Again, context is important, just like the salt losing its savior, um, the lamp put under a basket has nothing to do with losing our salvation. This is not about salvation here, guys. What it is talking about in the context is our witness. Our witness. This is what Jesus is speaking to us. You are to be witnesses, okay? That they may see your good works. Don't put it under a basket. Hide it under a bushel? No! Right? So reveal who you are. Reflect whom you see. Your eyes have been open. You can see now. You have spiritual eyes. So why are we so often tempted to hide our light rather than to let it shine? I think a lot of times fear. God tells us to fear not. 
Sometimes it's embarrassment, shame. There's just awkwardness. I'm liking this person. They might be a good friend. They could make a good friend for me. If I start talking about Jesus, they might think I'm crazy. You know? Don't a lot of different things just run through our heads, guys? You know, being self-conscious, maybe just being shy. Well, I'm a wallflower. (laughs) I'm shy. Do you guys know that God can use shy people? Yeah. Think about that. I work with you. I go to school with you, and you're like the shyest dude or gal I've ever met. And now you're talking. I'm actually going to listen because I don't think I've ever heard you talk before. And what are you talking about, Jesus? Wow! What a privilege shy people have. (laughs) Think about it. Anyways, there are a lot of reasons we have. But if it was covered, the flame would be extinguished and it would be no good to those around it. And then it would make you know, us a basket case. Right? That was a joke. You guys tracking with me? All right. So light is to be seen. There is no such thing as a secret Christian. We need to be in the light at all times. A lamp that is hidden provides no benefit. So only we can hide our lights. Does that make sense? Only we can do that. Science has proved that light can't be put out by darkness. And Christian history has proved our light can't be put out by those of darkness. Oh, they've tried over and over and over again. And guess what? That light just shines brighter and brighter. So the more the light is threatened, the brighter the blaze. Isn't that exciting? And then in John 1.5, this comes from the Phillips translation. He says, the light still shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. I love it. Again, the value of light is illumination. So a city set on a hill, okay? We don't have too many hills around here, do we? But isn't it cool when we're on Facebook and we're seeing like the beautiful Elk Mountains or something? There's a little village way up there at night and they got a beautiful picture of it. And it's just, sh- isn't that cool? I think that's so cool. You know? Or if you're watching football and they have like a picture of the entire earth and the NFL symbols all lit up over the United States. You guys ever see that one? It's not really like that, guys. But isn't that cool when they take pictures from space and you actually can see the bigger cities? They're shining. That's cool, illuminated. So, it is not for us to lie or hide in concealment. God intends his grace and his gospel to be conspicuous. So built and set up on a mountain's brow. So Jewish tradition considered Israel and Jerusalem as well as God and the law as light of the world. They looked at those things. This is what it's all about. So the city here may be speaking of Jerusalem, or it may be any elevated city at night whose lights would make it visible for surrounding countryside. And then he says, a lamp on a lampstand. Okay, so in order for a biblical lamp to give light, the lamp had to use itself up. In other words, the oil, right? It has to be used up. So we need to be refreshed often with more oil. The fresh filling of what? 
the Holy Spirit. As you study the scripture, oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. We need those times of refreshing, guys. That's why I think God's called us not to forsake fellowshipping together. We get filled up. It's refreshing. You know, I love being with you guys. It builds me up. I love getting together with my buddies that I pray with. It builds me up. I love just getting together with any believer. Why? It's refreshing. I love having those times just with the Lord, seeking Him, all the distractions put away, cell phone put away, okay? Just that time with Him. Get refreshed. Um, so you can't give out unless you've received, correct? Okay, that's why this stuff's important. Warren Wiersbe, you guys know I like him, he said this, unless the wick of the witness is fed by the oil of the Holy Spirit, the light will go out. It is so important, guys. So here's the hard part. Exposing, revealing your light in your house. So it gives light to all who are in the house. So even your dog should know that you're a Christian. Does that make sense? Okay? It's not like, hey, we're one thing in our home, <laughs> and then when we're out in public, everybody knows we're Christians, and we put it on our face. And we play Christian when we're out and about. No. We should be the real deal all the time. Does that make sense, guys? I would hope if you ever came into my home that you would see the same guy that you see here on Sundays. Wow, he really does love Jesus. <laughs> he really does pray. He really does, you know, serve. Serves his family. Whatever. Does that make sense? Okay. So he has lit us and he has set us on a candlestick. So the function of light is to expose darkness. Light exposes and it reveals darkness. So you and I are light revealers in dark exposers. Isn't it wonderful when people know you're a Christian? Just being a Christian. Maybe you haven't even said a single thing to them about Jesus or the Word of God. They just know, hey, I heard you're a Christian. Why do you hate homosexuals? Have you ever had anybody do that? Yeah, I've been interviewed a few times. Been able to speak at different places on certain topics, certain things. And here comes the journalists for the, the college. And first question out of my mouth, nothing about what I had to speak about, which was really fun and cool. <laughs> what do you think about homosexuals? Seriously, that's going to be the first thing that comes out? Well, I love homosexuals. It's sin, just like any other sins. You want to talk about what sins you got in your life? You need a savior just like any homosexual needs a savior. You guys get it. That's the bottom line. We are light, and the world doesn't like light. That's why Christians are being attacked. It seems like we're tolerant of everything except for Christianity today. We're being sued just for standing in our own convictions. We can't say that because it might offend somebody. But the thing is, God's the one who said it. He's the light. And just as we bear light. Don't you love that, guys? We're not to sniff out sin. That's not what we're called to. We're just to reflect Him. And as we're loving Him, people are going to see their sin. That's why they get angry. That's why they hate us. Because it reveals things. You may have neighbors that just don't like you because you're a Christian. We live only a couple minutes from here. 
our first home here in Kakana. God, why would you move us to Kakana? It's stinky there, <laughs> right? I never thought I'd live in Kakana. We had a little neighbor boy. We started gutting out our house. It was like the ugliest house in town and stuff. And this boy, couldn't even have been five years old, biking on his little bike, drives right up, right up front. I'm pulling out the big bay window and throwing it in the garbage. And he's just like, why would you buy this hellhole? Little five-year-old kid, you know? And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> you know? And my neighbors want to know, what are you guys doing? Is it even worth the while of doing all this work in this neighborhood, you know, to fix up this house? And it was cool. The first week or two that we were there, all our neighbors, we got to meet them, have conversations with them. And then the gal kitty corner from us found out that I love Jesus and news spread real quick that I was a pastor and a Christian. Our neighbors have had, they've had nothing to do with us since. We've brought bread over. <laughs> We've offered to help. We had a gal who was widowed across the street. Hey, I'll shovel. And then two years later, the other lady across the street, uh, across the other street, we're on a corner. Her husband, Gopher, who I shared with, he wanted nothing to do with Jesus. Um, passed, offered, just wants nothing to do with us. And the thing is, guys, I've never preached at them. You know? I've had an opportunity to share with a couple of them the gospel, it wasn't in an offensive way. It was in love. But it's one of those things, I think, just people knowing we're a Christian, just knowing that we're just going to keep our distance. It's kind of a bummer. But at the same time, God's using it. Obviously, there's a conviction there. There's something there. So just be real. Be who you are. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't hide it, you know? It's not like we have to be tricky and find ways in or that. Just be real and be yourself. See what God does to that. And he may give opportunities. You know, There's times where you have people in life that when they finally go through that hard thing, they're going to reach out to you. <laughs> Even though they want nothing to do with you. But man, I'm in a corner. <laughs> I know there is no other way out. Can you pray for me? <laughs> Can I talk to you? Let's turn to Ephesians. Let's start wrapping this up. Ephesians chapter 5. Sorry, I got sidetracked. But you. Yeah, good. So the light, you and I are light revealers, dark exposures. Our lives expose the darkness of ignorance and sin in the world. Okay? There is a lot of ignorance. People just want to ignore God. You know, they don't really want answers either. They just want to come, I can't believe you believe in God. I can't believe you believe his word. You know, I wish people would come like, hey, I don't agree with you, but can you explain to me why you believe what you believe? Wouldn't that be wonderful if people were just real? You know, I ask people all the time. You know, like, I, I know truth. It's easy to tell people the truth and that they need Jesus and why. But it's sometimes just good to ask them questions because it might open up that dialogue. You know, why do you believe the way you believe? Why do you think this is okay? Why do you think that's the way? You know, and it'll open up dialogue. So our lives really can expose the ignorance of this world. So darkness is expelled as soon as you turn on its lights. 
People are not aware of the darkness they live in if they don't see the light. Okay? It's very true. We don't have a lot of cockroaches up this way. Um, but you know, if you are in a dark room, they like to go scavenging, right? But what happens the second you turn on lights? They're gone. I think I've shared this with you guys. I was in Vienna, Austria one time, and uh, doing street preaching, a lot of tourists, thousands and thousands of people and stuff. I got up on one of the planter seat things in the middle. I just started yelling out loud, got everybody's attention. Everybody stopped. What is this guy doing? He's crazy. What's going on? We want to hear what he has to say because he's obviously a nut and stuff. And before I began to preach the gospel, I told them, I want you guys to picture a dark room with a bunch of cockroaches on or in it. What happens when you turn on the light? They can't stand the light and they flee all these cockroaches. I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. And it's so cool because the second I said Jesus, all these people that were stopped, guess what they did? Yeah. <laughs> I've grown a little bit intact. <laughs> Love. So the question I want to ask before we read Ephesians 5 here, does my life help people see more clearly? Ask yourself that, yes or no. Does your life help others see more clearly? Let's take a look at what Paul tells us here in Ephesians 5, verse 8. For once you were full of darkness. You were. No one's born good. We're evil. We are sinners. We're in need of a Savior. You were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what, ple what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil darkness. Instead, expose them. And it is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Isn't that cool? So, to serve really as a guide. So, yeah, but what can one little light do in a dark world? I, I hear what you're saying. Paul the Apostle, I believe the Word of God but I'm only one little bitty light. What can I? Well, the world was about as populated in Noah's day as it is right now. I don't know if you guys know that or not. Okay? As in the days of Noah, our population is very similar right now to that. Okay? In the darkest days, the flood was coming. Judgment was coming. They, it was dark. God called how many men? One man. Okay? Noah. When human history was at its darkest after the flood, God called one man, Abraham. When Israel was in its darkest day in Egypt, God called one man, Moses. So what can God do with one little light? Shine before men. That's what we're told in verse 16, right? Where's to shine. That's what Jesus is telling us, that they may see your good works. 
People should see that. Three times the possessive word, your, your light, your good works, your Father in heaven. And then in three places, the light of the world, the light to, or to all in your house, and then light so shine before men. So it's allowing God's light to be on full display in your life. Our light shines not so much that people may see the light as that they may see other things because of the light. So our light shines not that people will be attracted to us, but the light of Christ. That's the whole point. Turn to Isaiah 60. I want to share this with you guys. We know we have a youth group here, and it's called what? Rise. Okay? Rise Youth Group. And in Isaiah 60, the first three verses, these are the verses that come around the reason we call the youth group Rise. Okay? This is our prayer for our young people. In Isaiah chapter 60, it says, We are to dispel darkness. What? Yeah, we are. Arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Okay? So we are to rise up and shine, guys. That is what God's calling us to. So we're not called to save the world. We're simply called to shine on men. That's all we can do. So revealing to them the truth concerning human life, the possibilities of human life, the principles that underline human life. So it's showing them that life or what life really uh, can be and ought to be. Uh, found a cool verse a couple weeks ago in Acts 17, verse 27. It says, so they mankind, catch this verse, it's really cool, should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope, in other words, in darkness, for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of them. And it's cool because the word grope is not used anywhere else in Scripture. It's used once in Homer's Iliad, or Odyssey, sorry. Um, guys, remember Odysseus blinds the big cyclops, throws dirt um, in the monster's face, okay? And it's only used, that word is only used a few other times in Greek history. So what an interesting picture that the Holy Spirit gave the Athenians. Okay, they were searching for God, but like the blind cyclops, they were groping around in the dark for him. And it is in the gospel, guys, the good news of Jesus Christ, that the Athenians had the opportunity for real sight. They could finally see. There's so many people that are trying to see, they're trying to get it, they're trying to make it through life. You know, I've gotten to lead a lot of people to Christ. And I hear from a lot of those who are, you know, a little older, okay? They've lived a full life already. They come to know Jesus and they're like, man, if I would have just known sooner, you know, everything would have been different. If I would have gotten this, if I would have repented sooner, you know? So... Jesus then says that they may glorify your Father in heaven. So we have this opportunity to be light. So shine and display the darkness, really with loving service. So make your influence as a Christian felt in the world. We have influence. So don't feel you have to put a Jesus fish on your good works. You guys get what I'm saying? You know? Don't watch somebody's kids and they're like, oh, thanks for watching my kids. 
Oh, it wasn't me watching them. It was the Holy Spirit. That's just weird, okay? <laughs> They're going to recognize your works. They're just going to be able to tell. We don't have to over-spiritualize everything. They're going to know that there's a different source, a different origin. There's a different quality. You guys get it? They're going to know. They're going to be able to see that because he's the source of good works and he'll take care of that. And then... I just want to wrap up with the emphasis. You see that Jesus said they will see your father, okay? Um, it's so cool. I love that Jesus refers to God as father so many times in the New Testament. You guys grasp that relationship. It indicates the relationship and also God's authority. He's our dad. He's our father. <laughs> but we also have relationship in that. You see, the fatherhood of Yahweh was commonly held view really throughout Israel's history uh, before and after the time of Christ. But I love it here because Jesus extends this metaphor into the members of the kingdom, especially in verse 45. You guys can look there in chapter 5. But it speaks that we are sons of the Father. <laughs> Isn't that cool? So as we close, I just want to read again these few verses out of a paraphrase translation. It says, you're here to be light bringing out God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So has the light of Jesus turned on in your soul? Are you really saved? Have you come to the light? And have you ever seen windows, guys, that have haven't been washed in years. They don't work too well, do they? So maybe that's an accurate picture of your soul. Do you feel dull in your soul? Well, allow Jesus to place his light inside you today. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we're thankful that you are the light of the world. And Jesus, we are so thankful for how you have illuminated just truth to us. The darkness of sin in our lives. God, that we're able to see our need of you. We know that we can't do it ourselves. You did it all. And we're so thankful for that. And we just pray a simple prayer in closing that you would help. Please help us to shine bright for you, Jesus. Lord, help us to encourage one another. I pray that Freedom Fellowship, that we would be equipped here. Lord, just to be lights in this city, in this community. Lord, to our spouses, to our kids, to one another, to our classmates, to our coworkers, to our neighbors, God. Help us to point people to you, Jesus. 
Give us boldness. We pray in your name. Amen.